So if you are new here, uh, just want to let you guys know we're doing a series, as you can see up there, on spiritual warfare and the armor of God. And we talked about uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, you can look at Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, tonight we're going to look at verse 15. Uh, but the verses before then, starting in verse 10, it, the Apostle Paul here writes and reminds the believers that, we're, that we are at war. That we're in a battle. Now we think about it, we think, yeah, we're in a battle with political leaders or different countries or whatever it may be. But in reality, we see here in verse 12, Paul says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That our enemy... That we know is Satan. And he's going to do all he can to distract us from our purpose, our mission of what we're trying to accomplish here, how God wants to use us for his purpose. And you're probably saying, okay, what is the purpose? You see, God's global mission, what he wants to do is save the whole world. To know who he is and have a relationship with him. And the crazy thing is that he wants to use us to help him accomplish that. Now, God does not need us. We need him. But think about that. That we as a believer, God wants to, he's going to place us where we work, where we live, the family we have. Not just so we have a paycheck or good life, but that we can share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus' last command should be our first desire to accomplish. So what is Jesus' last command? Is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, we see that Jesus is ascending to heaven. He is talking to uh, his disciples, and he gives them one last command. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them all that you have observed of me, and I will be with you until the end of age. You see, for the believer, that is our mission. That is our goal, to tell people about the greatness of God and how he showed his love to us through his son, Jesus Christ. But you know who else knows that plan? Satan. And what Satan right now is planning, so how to distract us from our mission distracted by things that happen in, in our lives person, but as well, but as well around the world. But I love here in Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul kind of said, hey, here's the armor that you need to defend well. To defend well. We see here in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 6, Paul goes on and says, And the shoes for your feet... Have you put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace? So the main focus that we're going to look at is the gospel of peace. Because the peace that comes to us through the gospel makes us stand firm against the enemy and advance the gospel for the glory of God. So this gospel of peace, this peace that we receive will give us the strength 
to stand firm in the truth of the gospel no matter what our enemy is throwing at us, but as well help us to march on to our mission, which we just talked about, right? The Great Commission. Making disciples, sharing the gospel, helping people grow in the Lord. And it's interesting that the Apostle Paul here uses shoes, right? Shoes are important because we all have them on right now. Unless you're in Hawaii, it's a whole different story. But we're not. We're in Ohio. But we all have shoes. Right? You go to the store, there's shoes, all kinds of shoes. Hiking shoes. There's, there's even waterproof shoes. There's all kinds of shoes that you use. Basketball shoes, soccer shoes. All these different shoes that you use because the shoes are important to accomplish the goal that you are using it for. Whatever sport you're playing or whatever uh, trip you're taking. But not only that, back in Roman times where we find here in the book of Ephesians... The most powerful army was the Roman army. The Roman army was so advanced in their equipment, the swords, their helmets, uh, their, their, their shields, everything. But the one thing that they were way, way advanced, even during this time, were their shoes. So I got a picture up here that shows what it looked like for a Roman soldier to have these shoes. And what made these shoes so special, so advanced, so amazing, was they had nails in the bottom, as you can see in the bottom of the feet there. And those were so that they would not slip when it was muddy or that the enemy would not push them back because it kept them firm where they're sitting. But also, these shoes were not made to run. But these shoes were made to stand firm, but also to march. To march wherever the destination was, no matter how the ground was or wherever you had to go. They, they were so prideful in these shoes because they knew no one has these shoes. We're going to defeat the enemy and we're going to win. Why? Because of these shoes that they had, these boots, these sandals. They had these uh, head nails uh, on the bottom that would keep them standing firm but also advancing and marching. And so we see here that Paul said, hey man, put on those boots. Put on these boots so you can stand firm in the gospel no matter what the enemy does, but also so you can advance the gospel for the glory of God. Now the Bible talks about two kind of aspects of peace here. And the first one I want to talk about tonight is the peace with God. The peace with God with God you see our souls are not looking for something to satisfy it our souls are looking for someone to satisfy and only that can satisfy us is God I put one of those quite you know one of the questions where do you find your strength every morning to get through through your life good days and bad days where do you find this strength what do you find to bring you joy, to bring you peace, to bring you happiness, satisfaction? You see, there's people in this world that think, oh, if we had this material thing, like I know if, I mean, if I had that truck, that Toyota Tundra, Lord, please answer my prayer. Like I would be happy. I would be satisfied. Not right now with the gas prices, but, but I would be this, this, this the parking in my driveway, just sitting in there. I would be happy. I know, Lord, please fulfill my dream, Lord. Right? We all probably have, we think that we need this one item or we need something to happen to bring us happiness. But in reality, the only thing that can bring us happiness and peace 
is salvation through Christ. Saved by Christ. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not the Toyota Tundra. Not money. Not retirement plans. But through Jesus Christ alone. That we're justified. We're made right before God. That our sins, the Bible said that our sins separate us from God. Right? We think of sin. We think of killing, stealing, and all the major sins. But also it's bitterness, anger, pride. All these separate us from the Lord. But God loved us so much that he still wanted a a relationship with his enemies, the book of Romans says, that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin but yet came in this earth, fully man, fully God, and died on the cross for our sins. But on the third day, he rose again. I'm going to say it one more time. On the third day, he rose again. There you go. That's what we're going to celebrate here in a few weeks of Easter. And because of that love that God has shown to us through his son Jesus, the Bible says that we put our trust in Jesus, ask Jesus to come into our life, to change us, to forgive us of our sins. Man, we're made right before God. Not because we go to church every day. Not because we come to these men's studies every Thursday night, but because of what Jesus did on the cross for us makes us right before God. That we are saved only through Christ and nothing else. It's not but what we do. Praise the Lord, huh? It's not by our good deeds or by our good actions, but only through what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. By dying for our sins and on the third day rising again. And that's why we are made justified before God. That's why we're made right before God only through Jesus. By asking Jesus to come into our life and to change us. Will we receive peace with God? But also what happens when we trust in God, our identity changes. When we're saved by Christ, our identity changes. And I love this verse here in Galatians 2.20. It says, the Apostle Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And now the life I now live in the flesh by the Son, by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we got to understand this, that when we place our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we're saved by Christ, our identity completely changes. Our old self is gone. Whatever we put our hope on, all that is gone because we know the truth. We know where our peace comes from, which is from Jesus. And so we no longer live, but who lives in us? Christ. Christ lives in us. There is no, uh, there's no wall between us and God that we are forgiven because of Christ has done. But also, we're made alive through Christ. You know, I love when we ask people, hey, you know, what, what do you do for a living? And you, you know, you say what you do. A lot of times I know for men, our identity is what we, what we do. And for a lot of people as well. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm this. I'm this. But in reality, what our identity is and not what we do is who we belong to, which is Jesus. And we got to understand this, man. That our purpose here is not to make our name famous, 
but to make Jesus' name famous through our lives. Even during hard times. Even during hard times that we face the enemy. Again, the enemy knows our purpose. The enemy knows what we're trying to achieve by changing this world for the glory of God. So he's going to throw everything at us. But do we have those shoes, those sandals that's making us stand firm by having the peace found only through Jesus and a relationship through him? I love the last part of Galatians 2.20. It says, and now I live by the flesh by the son, flesh by son in, in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You see, we don't live for ourselves anymore, but we live a life forgiven of our sins because of what Christ did for us. And now it's hard to let go, right? I love to make sure everything's in control. I hate the unknown. Kind of scares me a little bit. But if you are a child of God, as my mom would always say, don't focus on the problem, focus on the one who can fix it, which is God. If we are a child of God, we know who we belong to. So there's nothing that we should be afraid of. But we should understand our orders, the command that Jesus gives us, and with joy live it out. But we can only do that by having peace with God. Having an understanding that our sins separate us from God. And the only way that we can be made right before God is asking Jesus to change us. And believing what he did for us on the cross and that he rose again on the third day. But also a transformation should happen in our lives. That we should look more and more like Jesus and less and less like the world. I remember a couple years ago when I was in college, our college did every year a a missions conference. And all these missionaries from around the world that our college uh, would send out and other ministries would come as well. I remember one time... It was like during a break of one of the sessions and I was talking to my friends. I was laughing. I was hanging out. And I can tell from the corner of the eye, this guy was staring at me. Freaked me out a little bit. Like everywhere I went, he was just looking at me, looking at me. To the point where he came, started walking towards me. And I told my friends, guys, don't leave me. Don't leave me. And they all just left me. I was like, oh, come on. Like, all right. And so I turned and I thought, and he looked at me. He said, hey, uh, is your last name Bogren? I was like, man. I'm going to jail. Like, I don't know what I did. Like, I did it. I'm sorry. Like, in my mind, like, I don't know how I'm going to explain. I don't even know why I was nervous. Like, I didn't do anything. But in my mind, it's like, this dude is going to lock me up. I know. And I was like, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm Bogren. He's like, is your dad David Bogren? I was like, yep, FBI. Like, seriously, like, this is somebody who's going to lock me up. And I was like, yes, sir. He's like, I knew he was your dad. Because I've known your dad for years. And when you walk past me, the way you laugh the way you talk, the way you're interacting with people is just like your dad. I knew you were Bogren. I remember thinking, what do people say about my relationship with the Lord? Do people say, ah, you're different. I can tell you're different. What is it? You belong to Jesus. You see, that's a transformation that we have. If we truly have put our faith in Jesus, not that we're going to be perfect, we're not. We're going to fall, we'll be struggling with sin. But the question is, are we struggling well? Are we fighting well? That even during hard days and the good days, people can look at our lives and say, yes, there's something different about this person. And having opportunities to say it's because of Jesus. It's not me. I want that Toyota Tundra. It's not me. That's what I thought brought me joy. But what has brought me joy is Jesus. And so before we get this, this peace 
to defeat the enemy, we have to have first peace with God. And my question for you tonight is, do you know for certain you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Not because you went to church all your life. I grew up Southern Baptist in the South. Everyone's a Christian because they went to VBS since the time they were born. But as we find out, that does not save you. What saves you is actually understanding of what Jesus did for you. And if you're here tonight and say, yes, I have peace with God, then does your life reflect that? In the good and the bad days, does your life reflect of the change that happened through your relationship with Christ? As Paul says, I no longer live, but Christ live, lives in me. So what do people see? You see, for the Roman soldier, man, their identity as a Roman soldier brought them pride. They didn't care what people thought. They said, hey, I belong to the Roman soldier, the most powerful army in the world. You think they had pride? Oh, yes. They did have pride. But we as children of God should have even more pride to know that, man, we're going to win no matter what. No matter how messed up this world looks, no matter what this, what this enemy throws our way, if we have peace with God, salvation through Christ, our identity in Christ, man, we're going to be good. It's going to be hard. But we know who our general is. We know who our commander is. And we know we're going to be victorious, not because of our actions, but because of what he has done for us. So we see here the peace with God. Secondly is the peace of God. So we go from the peace with God, right? Salvation. Before we go, even go to war, before even we go to battle, we've got to make sure, okay, am I good with God? Is my peace with God made, understanding what salvation is, understanding that he sent his son to die for me. And if I trust in his son as my savior, I'm going to be changed and look more and more like him and less and less like the world. And when we get that, when we uh, receive Jesus as our savior, we'll have the peace of God. Now, what does that mean? The peace of God means this, that God gives us his personal peace. In John 14, 27... Jesus says this, peace I leave with you, as he tells his disciples, peace I leave with you, my, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it, gives, not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know what that tells me? I shouldn't be afraid of anything. If I belong to God, if I'm in the army of the Lord, I should not afraid. You think the Roman soldiers were afraid of anything? No. Why? Because they knew who they belonged to was the Roman soldier. But here Jesus says, hey, peace I leave you, peace I give you. So the peace of God means that we have God's personal peace inside of us. So we should not be afraid of anything. Now, is life going to be easy? No. It's going to be tough. We see here, we see in Philippians 4, 7, the Apostle Paul kind of goes off of this in John 14. He says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We see Jesus just say, hey, we're, there's going to be some trouble. There's going to be hard times. But don't be afraid because we have God's personal peace inside of us. But man, I was just talking to another friend. Though, but I was like, man, but the fear always comes in my life. <laughs> You turn on the TV, you hear what's happening, my mind just starts going. 
And that's how Satan gets me. That's how, the, that's how the enemy gets me, by putting fear, putting thoughts in my mind. Like, why am I afraid of God's been protecting me all this life? And that's, so, that's why it's so important to remember the things that God has done in your life. I love that in the Old Testament, God reminds his people, Israel, to remember what he has done. So when those hard days come, man, they would not be stressed, but they remember who they belong to and what God has done for them. But isn't it hard sometimes to remember that? Isn't it hard to remember that, okay, God's got this. God is in control. Sometimes we hold our lives with our fists closed. I was watching uh, some show with my son about like monkeys or whatever. And they, they, they're doing this test. They put a banana, you probably heard this, but they put a banana in this small little cage. There was a gorilla. He put his hand in the banana and he hold it tight, but he couldn't get his, his hand out. And he was stressing like crazy. Like he was going crazy, banging, everything. And all he had to do was let go of that banana and he'd be all right. But brothers, I feel like sometimes, I know for me, I hold my life like this. Where God's like, just let go. I got you. I made you. I know you better than you know yourself. But for some reason, I think I know me more than God knows me. I know what's best for me. And that's where Satan comes in. That's where the enemy comes and attacks but we understand that we have, as we have trusted Jesus as our Savior, we have gained God's personal peace. So nothing should bring fear in our lives. You think those Roman soldiers were afraid? Maybe some, but they had the nice sandals. They had the advanced sandals. And if they had a football team back then, they probably won every Super Bowl because they were the only ones that could stand firm. They were so advanced with it. They were not afraid. But we, as followers of Christ, should not be afraid as well. But to understand that we have God has given us his personal peace for us to not be afraid. And yes, as Jesus says, there's going to be trouble someday. But that's why the beauty of having God's personal peace is going to help us to stand firm in the truth of the gospel and not give up on him. But trust him. And so when we have God's personal peace, do not fear this world or the enemy. We should not fear this world or this enemy, whatever he tries to throw us. If, we, if God has given us his personal peace, why are we afraid? That's the question I ask myself. Even this whole week studying this. I'm like, God, why am I still afraid? If you've given me your personal peace, why am I still afraid? It's because sometimes I don't remember, I don't, I don't recall or remind myself all the things that God has done in my life. My wife and I, we tried throughout, throughout our week to have one night that we just talk about the great things that God has done. Especially when I stress out, because I'm a stressor. When I stress out, we, we talk about it. what's one thing God has done that we can celebrate. And that's what we should do daily. But here we see in John 16, we see Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, take notice there that again, he says, you will face tribulation. Like, there's going to be hard times happening in our lives, whether it be personally or in the world. But he says, hey, calm down. I have overcome the world. My death and resurrection have defeated death. You don't have to be afraid. But the question is, when those tribulations, those hard times come in your life, will you still trust in God? Will you still stand firm? Or will you let the enemy push you back? 
You see, the way we put on those shoes is by putting our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, having the peace with God. And then that will give us the, the peace of God to not be pushed back by the enemy. And knowing that, okay, yes, it's going to be a hard time, but Jesus has overcome the world. In John 4, 14, 27, he goes on and says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it to you. Let, let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Isn't that comforting? I just said, don't be afraid. Like, yeah, it's, it's, the world's going to be messed up. We can see it now. It's, it's messed up, but Jesus said, hey, don't, don't forget your mission. Don't forget why you're here. It's to know me and to make me known. And don't let anything distract you from that. Even though we know that, man, sometimes the enemy is going to try to get us. But we have this personal peace from God. It should move us to not be afraid of anything, but have confidence, not in ourselves, not what we have done, but all that Christ has done for us. That should make us stand firm in the truth. So we see the peace of God. We see the, that we get the peace with God, the peace of God. And lastly, we see here is the readiness to advance the gospel to the world. So when we receive that peace with God, we receive the peace of God, where the result will be the readiness to advance the gospel to the world. No matter what the enemy does, that man, we are still strong. And that looks like by standing firm in the gospel. 1 Corinthians 6.13, which this verse is always used with like men's Bible studies or men's conferences. But it says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. But do you know what the verse after that says? It says, and all these things do it in love. Right, it kind of takes away the act like men part, right? No, I'm joking. But yeah, you look at that, like, here is Paul. He said, hey, be watchful, meaning, hey, watch out for the enemy or these spiritual evils that are trying to distract you. Watch out for that. It says, stand firm in the faith, meaning growing. Are you growing in your faith? If you've been a Christian for many years, but yet you're still not, not growing, then there's something wrong that you need to say, you know what, I need to find someone older who's been walking with Jesus for a while and have them and, and train me and help me to grow in Jesus so I know how to stand firm in the truth, but also to know what to look out for so it will not distract me from my purpose. Then it goes on, act like men, be courageous, be strong, and then, but do it in love. And it's interesting that Jesus says to his disciples in the book of John, he says, the way the world will know that you follow me is by how? By how you love one another. And man, we've got to do that. We've got to care for one another. We've got to help each other. We've got to help each other grow in the Lord and not try to be by ourselves because the enemy wants us to be our, by ourselves. He said, I've not heard of any battle where just one person kill a thousand people. Maybe in movies, but, that's, <laughs> but I've never seen that. Every time the military, just, it's a whole group of men, a whole group of military that are winning this war time and time again, never alone. And so don't think that you can do this battle all by yourself. But you need to surround yourself with other people that would help you grow in your walk with the Lord, but also be there to encourage you and sometimes to call you out to make sure you're not falling 
following the ways of, of the enemy. But do you have that in your life? Could you say, yes, I, I'm surrounded by people that are encouraging me, that are helping me stand firm in the truth and also loving me and caring for me. Because if all we do is just sit here, listen to some sermons, eat some good food, and walk out, we're missing the purpose. Jesus said the Great Commission, go make disciples, right, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says what? And teaching them all that you have observed from me. And my passion is discipleship. That's like my title here. My desire, my passion is to equip God's people, is to equip disciples to make disciples for the glory of God. Why? Because that is the mission. The mission of us, the why we are here, why we're learning this from God's word, is not just for us, but also for the person behind us. That we can tell them about Jesus, that we can help them grow. Those that are older in age, wiser in age, are you investing in younger men? To help them make better fathers, better husbands, but also men of God. Men, how are we doing with our families? Are we praying with our wives? Are we helping our family grow? Are we praying with our kids? Are we, helping our, are we discipling our kids, helping our kids have a firm foundation who God is? It's not just the responsibility of the church, but also is the parents' responsibility to disciple. And that's the part of what we do this all with love. That we, it's our responsibility as well to take care of our families and make sure spiritually they're growing, they're good. And so don't try to do this battle by yourself. Don't try to stand firm in the gospel all by yourself because it's going to be hard. Especially during those hard days. You're going to need a good support system. You're going to need a good unit to be around you. And if you're here tonight and say, man, I don't know who to go to. Listen, call the church, call us, talk to Pastor Bruce with me. And we will set you up with someone that can really invest in your life to help you, to help you to be watchful, to stand firm in the faith, to act like men and be strong and to do all this with love for the glory of God. Because listen, I don't have to tell you, but this world is being more disconnected by God each day. And it's getting a little harder to stand firm. I've seen even friends who have given up and have been pushed back from the enemy. Faithful men, but have been pushed back. Because they've been standing firm by themselves. And now allowing other people to speak truth in them and help them grow. Because let's be honest. Man, we don't like to share our feelings. We don't like to share things that's going on. We don't like to ask for help. That's my thing. I do not like asking for help. And it's gotten me in trouble. And it's actually pulled me down more than it actually helped me. But that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants, hey, don't ask for help. You got this. Like Pastor Eric said last week, that's one of the lies that we say to ourselves is, oh, you know what? I know this. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need anybody to help me. I don't need, you know, that's the lies of the enemy because he knows if you think that, if you move that way, he's going to push you back, 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 and you will not advance the gospel. But we must, with having the peace of God, having the peace with God, the peace of, we'll get the peace of God and it will give us the readiness to advance the gospel of the world so we can stand firm in the gospel, but as well, sharing the gospel to the world. That is our mission. That is our goal. That is why we're here, to make disciples, to baptize, but also to teach and help people grow in their walk. It's not just you pick whatever you want. You know what, oh, I'm just gonna teach. That's it, I don't, want, I don't have time to, to share the gospel. I don't have time, no. It's everything. That is our mission. 
It's to make disciples, sharing the gospel. It's baptizing and also teaching them how to grow so they can do the same thing. If you think about our faith, right, the first church was about 120 people. And from there, we are here today. And think about it if they just say, you know what, we're just going to teach each other. Let's just, let's just come, we'll get some brisket, we'll come to the church building, hang out once a, once a night, we'll just hang out, but that's it. Don't do anything else. Think about it. Think about the result they would have, that like we would not be here, but because of those 120, man, we see in the book of Acts that the church grew and grew. Why? Because they understood their mission. Even when they were facing persecution, it even grew stronger. And it, grew, and it grew so much because they understood and they stood firm in the truth of the gospel. They weren't pushed back, but they were advancing little by, like I shared with you earlier, those shoes that the Roman soldiers had, it wasn't just to stand firm, but also to advance little by little to their goal, what they were trying to achieve. And we see this in Isaiah 52, 7, a well-known verse for some of us says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says, Zion, your, your God reigns. How beautiful are the feet of those that share the good news, the good news of peace. You see, this world is searching for peace, right? We hear a lot, especially what's going on in our world, that people are putting their hopes on political leaders, on, on, on just laws and all this stuff. They say, you know what, we need this peace and we'll be good and we'll be happy. But in reality, the only thing that can bring us true peace is a relationship with Jesus Christ and understanding your purpose. If you're, here, if you're a Christian here tonight and you're like, man, this is, I get bored sometimes. I don't want to do this. I don't, and the reason is because you don't understand your purpose. That your purpose as a believer is to know Christ and to make him known as you live your life. To go make disciples. I remember uh, 1999, I was in middle school or freshman high school. Uh, I remember... Columbine High School, I don't know if you guys remember that, those. Uh, the, like, to me, that was like the first time I'd hear about school shooting that happened uh, in, in Columbine. I remember watching the report. I remember watching it with my parents. And I remember this fear just like taking over my life. Like, I don't want to go to school ever again. Like, I'm so scared. I'm so scared of just walking. This could happen to me. And I remember even going the next day to school, like, I was just so fearful of, man, can this happen in my school? But I remember my, my sister, uh, man, she was so influential in my life spiritually. She loved like Christian music that was always played in her house and everything like that. But there was an album uh, by a Christian artist named Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh, and the album was called Heaven in the Real World. Great album. It was made in 1994 and I was old. But it was great. But the, the beginning of the song, it's called Heaven in the Real World. But I remember my sister gave me that album and I put it on. In the beginning, there's a speech by a man. Uh, his name is uh, Chuck Colson. Now, if you guys know Chuck Colson, he was, uh, you can say, an advisor to President Nixon. Uh, but also, he was in the Watergate scandal, was put in prison because of that. But after he got out of prison, God got a hold of his heart and he started a prison ministry, which is called Prison Fellowship. Interesting name. But his goal after he got out of prison was to start churches in our prisons here in the United States and around the world. But I remember when I put this album in and, and the, this speech came on that really, really encouraged me. So let's, we can listen to it here quickly. 
Stephen Curtis Chapman hardly needs an introduction to contemporary Christian music fans. He's picked up 18 Dove Awards in the past six years, and he's here tonight to sing the title song from his upcoming album, Heaven in the Real World. Violence erupted once again today in Northern Ireland with the bombing of a the railway drug enforcement station. agency seized 20 kilos of pure cocaine after three months. Where is the hope? Where is the hope? Where is the hope? I meet millions who tell me that they feel demoralized by the decay around us. Where is the hope? Where is the hope? The hope that each of us has is not in who governs us or what laws are passed or or what great things we do as a nation. Our hope is in the power of God working through the hearts of people. And that's where our hope is in this country. That's where our hope is in life. Remember listening to that, I was like 13. I said, man, this guy, is, he's teaching truth. Like my hope is in God. That no matter what's happened in my world, he has me. And all I have to do is allow, just, just let go and say, God, use me however you want to use me. But I love what he said, that our hope isn't found in who runs our nation or what laws is passed, that our hope is only found in Jesus Christ. Amen. But I feel like some of us, other, other believers, are being distracted, putting their trust in man instead of the Lord. Jeremiah says that. Verse, in chapter 17 says, Cursed is the one who puts their trust in man and their own flesh because their hearts turn away from the Lord. And he goes on, verse 7 and says, But blessed is the one who puts all their hope, all their peace in God. And so we started with this phrase that the, the, peace, the gospel of peace, this peace that comes to us through the gospel makes us stand firm against the enemy and advance the gospel for the glory of of God. And so Paul, as he ending this letter here, he said, hey, if you trust in Jesus, if you belong to Jesus, if you act like Jesus, there's going to be some hard days. The enemy is going to come after you. But if you put on those shoes of the gospel of peace and you have peace with God and you have the peace of God, you're going, to be the you're going to have the readiness to advance the gospel by standing firm, not letting the enemy push you, but you're going to stand so firm that you're going to advance the gospel for the glory of God. I want everybody to bow heads and close their eyes just for a few seconds. And I don't know where you guys are at, but the Lord does. And maybe you have put your hope, your peace in something else. You're probably asking, like, hey, man, where do I get this peace that will make me, make my life complete, that will make me happy, that will satisfy me? And if you're here tonight saying that, asking those questions, listen, the peace is not going to be found in the material thing. Your peace is only going to be found with the relationship with Jesus Christ and understanding that he died for you on the cross and on the th he died for your sins, my sins, the sins of the world, and on the third day he rose again. And the Bible says the only way that we are saved and being forgiven and be justified before God, made right before God, is by asking Jesus to come into our lives and changing you. And say, God, make me new. Forgive me. Come in my life and transform me and let my identity not be in the things I do or this world, but in you.
But if you're here tonight and you're like, yeah, I've trusted in Jesus, well, are you standing firm in the truth of the gospel and advancing it little by little by the way you live your life? In the neighborhood that you're in, with the friends that you have, maybe the sports team that your, your, your kids are in, are you trying to reach the families in that team? Because, men, that is our command. It's to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that we have observed of him. You see, the gospel came to you because it's going to someone else, as the pastor would say. The gospel came to you because God wants you to take that truth, that gospel that changed your life, and share it to someone else and help them grow. So take a few minutes and say, God, help me have peace with you. Help me have your personal peace, but also the strength to stand firm in the truth of the gospel and advance it for your glory and your glory alone. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you so much for these men being here. And God, I thank you for your word to help us understand what our purpose is, is to know you and to make you known as we live our lives. But God, I pray that we would put on the shoes of the, of the peace of the gospel. To understand, to, to advance to our purpose and the mission that you have for us, we've got to have peace with you so that then we can have your peace and not be fearful of this world, but that we will stand firm in the truth of your gospel and we will advance it to a world that needs it, a world that is lost, but also that we will not be pushed back by the enemy but that we will trust in you no matter what happens in our life. But God, help us to be great soldiers for you. Help us to know that we belong to you and we should fear nothing. And God, I pray that as we live our lives, we bring you glory with through our family, the way we raise our family, but as well with those around us that we can tell them who you are and help other believers grow in you. God, help us to be faithful and help us to be obedient to you. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.